I, for one, love a good ghost story. Perhaps it's because I grew up in the generation of Are You Afraid of the Dark, Goosebumps, and its lesser-known counterpart, the Shivers book series. Shout out! Or maybe it's reading every book in the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark series. Whatever the reason, I'm not alone in my interest, and tis the season. So today let's talk about America's first ghost story, or at least the first one written and more importantly published by an American writer post-1776 independence, and the first to be well-received in Europe, which at the time was a certain deciding factor. A story that's been in print for over 200 consecutive years. Hold on to your heads, travelers. Today we take on the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Next stop, New York State. Today's episode is our Halloween special, and it is the seventh and final episode of season one. After this, I will be taking a break to compile episode ideas for next season, which I'll be starting in January. So if you haven't already, please take the time to share and like the channel to let me know you're out there and listening. And thank you to everyone who has been listening. The Centralia episode reached over 1,000 views and And as you all know, that is just crazy for this channel. We only have um, 30 subscribers. Yay, 30 subscribers. So during this intermission, especially in the month of October, please like and share. And I will be back with you in January for more tales of the unusual. With that said, let's begin our journey. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is based on a short story, which was originally published as part of a collection called The Sketchbook of Joffrey Crayon. The story was released with and is commonly paired today with another member of this compilation, Rip Van Winkle. If you haven't heard of Rip Van Winkle, it's likely that you have, you're just not placing the name. It's the story of the guy who went up into the mountains, I believe the Catskill Mountains in New York, which we mentioned in the Henry Hudson episode. Go back and listen if you haven't yet. Um, but this guy, Rip Van Winkle, he goes up into the mountains and falls asleep for like a hundred years and then comes back and everything is different. And that's the end of my knowledge about the story. But yeah, a very famous story, almost as famous, I would say, as the legend of Sleepy Hollow. So to understand the history, oh, hold on. Before I get ahead of myself, I did just want to say Irving was born on April 3rd of 1783 in Manhattan, New York. Both tales were written by Irving at a time in history when American authors were not well respected in the writing and publishing world of Europe. Due in part to this and also because he desired to tour the region, Irving was actually living in Europe as a young adult when he wrote this story. To understand the history of this famous ghost story, a brief re-familiarization is warranted. Let's start this episode with a ghost story. The story starts with the introduction of a new school teacher to a small town called Sleepy Hollow, New York. As this was 1790, the new teacher, one Ichabod Crane, traveled to his new town by horse, and in some tellings he gets an ominous feeling when first riding through the forests. 
The townspeople are said to be aware of something different about the town, and they often fall into trances or have visions. After some time in the town, Ichabod develops a crush on a local girl, Katrina Van Tassel, and decides he wants to marry her. At a party at which both are in attendance, he hears the town legend of the headless rider in the woods. The rider was said to be the ghost of a Hessian trooper whose head had been carried off by a cannonball in some nameless battle during the Revolutionary War, and now sometimes chased down single riders in an attempt to take their heads for himself, but was unable to cross a certain bridge into town. I don't know about you, but I always picture the story in the context of the 1999 Christina Ricci movie. I mean, how could you not if you've seen it? Christina Ricci is a gem. Anyway, in that movie, spoiler alert if you want to watch it for your Halloween movie marathon, the story has a fairly happy ending with both Ichabod and his love interest surviving and even the horseman being reunited with his head and released from his curse. But... In the original telling by Washington Irving, Crane disappears after encountering the horseman on his way home from the party, never to be seen again. His ultimate fate? Left up to the reader. So, cool story, right? But like many other urban legends and creepypastas, it's just that, a story. A headless being that roams the countryside couldn't possibly be real. Or could it? I remembered hearing something about the tale of the Headless Horseman being based on a true story, and that's what prompted me to do this episode. So let's start with the history of the tale and see what truths are to be found. The most popularized telling of the story was published by Washington Irving in 1819, and according to the website visitsleepyhollow.com, it has never been out of print since 1820. That means this story has been in print for over 200 years. What is it about ghost stories that we are so fascinated by? Irving actually wrote the story while in England, but he was born and raised near Manhattan, New York. He had originally gone to Europe to pursue an interest in the family company, which honestly I didn't dive too deeply into, but whatever business this was, it wasn't going as well as he thought it would, so he's offered by his family after some time a role if he comes back to the States, but he says, wait, I want to spend a little bit more time in Europe researching for my writing because he always wanted to write. And so he chose to stay in Europe to try his luck. So what about the real headless horseman? Is there really a headless ghost that rides through the woods of New York State every year? I.e., did Irving, after spending a lot of time in upstate New York himself, pass on a tale that he himself had been told or experienced? To answer this question, we'll talk about a few theories on the inspiration for Irving's tale. So as mentioned before, Irving was in Europe during the writing of the sketchbook, the original compilation of short stories in which the Headless Horseman was printed. As such, inspiration for the ghost in this 1819 ghost story was drawn from far older stories of headless phantoms around the globe, notably the Irish Doolahane, which is popularized in the anime TV show Do Ra Ra Ra, also a gem. 
Unlike Irving's horseman, the Dullahane is not looking for its head. Rather, it carries its head along with it, and it is said to be a harbinger of death. They say that it is male and it carries its own decapitated head and its eyes are constantly moving. In many of these tales, the horseman was seen as a warning for those who ignored their presence and it's often seen as a bringer of death. It was said that if it calls your name, you would be the next one to die. So um, maybe wear some headphones or something if you don't hear them. Are we good? Like we can move on? I don't know. According to Wikipedia, targets of these European headless horsemen tended to be arrogant and proud. Interesting. So there's like a good guy, Dullahane. And if you're smart, maybe you can just not listen. IDK. Another headless being found in folklore and mythology that I'll throw in here. I don't know if he ever came across this, if Washington Irving himself ever came across this, but I came across it when I was researching headless beings in mythology. So it's possible, right? So the one that I'm referencing is the Greek cephalophore. I don't know much about it other than that it carries it's a greek saint carrying their own severed head maybe like some kind of martyr story i honestly could have dived deeper into this but it wasn't really you know it's not a cephalophore episode so i didn't it's possible that some level of inspiration was drawn from this Another potential source of inspiration was the 1796 German tale, The Chase, written by Walter Scott, itself based on an earlier folklore tale by Gottfried Berger. Irving was known to have interacted with Scott during his time in Europe and was likely exposed to the tale during this time. In both of these tales, the protagonist is chased by hellhounds rather than a headless horseman. So perhaps Irving was marrying together ideas from across European folklore. This would make sense as Irving included legends of Henry Hudson's ghost in the Catskill Mountains, another callback to episode 6 in the story of Rip Van Winkle. So we've covered a few different stories and mythological creatures so far that Irving may have been exposed to that went into this idea or the creation of the Headless Horseman, right? So let's focus in on more specifics. In Irving's original tale, the horseman is said to be a Hessian soldier whose head was lost when he was hit by a cannonball on October 28th, 1776, during the Battle of White Plains. It seems a soldier did exist who fit this description. In a journal of a contemporary soldier who was at the Battle of White Plains, the following quote can be found. A shot from the American cannon at this place took off the head of a Hessian artilleryman. So, here we have a historical account that perhaps lines up with what Irving tells of in the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Were there existing ghost stories about this Hessian at the time that Irving lived in New York State? I don't know. Maybe. So potentially there was a real Hessian soldier who sadly lost his head. What about the town? Well, Sleepy Hollow is a real town in upstate New York. However, there's a bit of a history to it. 
The town was originally called Terrytown, more specifically North Terrytown, but it changed its name to Sleepy Hollow in 1997. Irving spent time here as a teenager after leaving New York City to escape yellow fever. Closer to the time of our tale, the area was a border town during the Revolutionary War, just 30 to 40 years before the writing of the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Hessian sharpshooters and Jaegers working with the British were known to target Americans in the area. Which brings us back to the Hessian soldier who may have been the inspiration for Irving's tale. Okay, so we've covered exposure to mythology to create this story. We've covered the real-life history of the proposed identity of the Headless Horseman. And we've covered the actual location in New York State. So let's talk about the real Ichabod Crane and his love, Katrina Van Tassel. Irving liked to give his characters the names of people he had actually met. Ichabod Crane was an aide-de-camp for the governor, who met Irving in 1814. Ooh, my spooky alarm is going off, friends. Am I going to get in copyright trouble for this? I hope not. Let's turn that off. Okay, where were we? Anywho, so yeah, Ichabod Crane was a real person that he met in 1814, as was Katrina Van Tassel. Now, here's the really interesting thing. Um, Katrina, well... I don't know if it's that interesting, but you got to find the gossip where you can. Anywho, Katrina Van Tassel was the name of a woman that Irving met when he was staying with her family in Europe. So remember, he was like touring Europe, looking for inspiration for his story. And so this was one of the families that he stayed with during his time there. So he uses her name and the name of Ichabod Crane in his story. So here we go. We've got real people. We've got a real soldier who was decapitated by a cannonball and sadly lost his head. We've got a real place. So, you know, if one wanted to argue the legitimacy of a headless apparition in Sleepy Hollow, I think that the only person who could really know the truth is Washington Irving himself. Washington Irving died on November 28, 1859 in Terrytown, a.k.a. South Sleepy Hollow, if you will. I'm not sure if I ever explained this, but Terrytown is like a very close town to Sleepy Hollow. You could almost think of Sleepy Hollow as like a smaller town outside of Terrytown. Before it was called Sleepy Hollow, as I mentioned before, it was just called North Terrytown. So, yeah, that's why I say that he's kind of buried in South Sleepy Hollow. And for what it's worth, he is buried in Sleepy Hollow Cemetery, which, come on, that's kind of spooky. Uh, he passed at age 76, and he was one of the first American authors to be taken seriously by the established literary community. It's said that his last words were, Well, I must arrange my pillows for another night. When will this end? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I leave you with that. Um, his home, which he named Sunnyside in Terrytown, New York, still stands to this day. All 
Okay, so we've done a deep dive into the original story of Sleepy Hollow and the legend of the Headless Horseman. We've covered inspirations for the tale, real-life bases, real people, and the life of Irving himself. With that, let's talk about some fun facts. When first published, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow was often paired with another of Irving's most popular tales, Rip Van Winkle. I've never read this story myself, but I have seen retellings of it in cartoons when I was a child, and you probably have too. It's the story of a man who falls asleep for 1,000 years and then chaos ensues. Again, this is where Irving mentions the Catskill Mountains said to be haunted by Henry Hudson and his men every 20 years when they have a party time with the gnomes. I'm really hoping that's this year. I hope they're having a fabulous time. Uh, the real Sleepy Hollow has its own village historian. I would really love this job. So if any of you out there um, know of a village that's looking for a historian, this sounds like so much fun, especially because he runs a blog. So his name is Henry Steiner, shout out. Be sure to check him out at headlesshorsemanblog.wordpress.com. Irving used the pen name Joffrey Crayon. Very interesting. You may recall from the beginning of this episode that the original publication or compilation of work that The Legend of Sleepy Hollow was published in was called The Sketchbook of Joffrey Crayon. The earliest film adaptation of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow was released in 1922. What I found unique about this adaptation was that it was filmed on location in the Hudson Valley. I can't help but wonder if the cast and crew witnessed any paranormal phenomenon. This adaptation was followed by the classic Disney's The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad in 1949. In 1980, a TV movie titled The Legend of Sleepy Hollow starring Jeff Goldblum was released. I don't know why I've never seen this, but it is going on my October Halloween must-watch list. How do I get my hands on this? Has anybody seen this? I need to know what streaming service this is available on because you're talking Jeff Goldblum in a retelling of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow In 1980, I don't think I could be more excited about this movie. Okay, moment passed. Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of the Midnight Rider and Wishbone. Wait a second. Okay, I read that all together. Let's start again. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Did a retelling of this in the episode titled The Tale of the Midnight Rider. Another famous retelling is a Wishbone episode. Again, how do I get my hands on this? I haven't watched an episode of Wishbone since I was literally a child, but I would absolutely like to see this. Please and thank you. The mascot of Sleepy Hollow High in New York is, of course, the Horseman. Well done. Well done. Applause, everyone. And in 1974, the United States government issued a Sleepy Hollow stamp. I really should have taken the time to look up the worth on this. I will try to do that later and maybe like release it on YouTube shorts or TikTok or something. There is a statue of Ichabod being chased by the horseman on Route 9. Hopefully I put a picture of that on YouTube. Let's hope I remember to do that. If not, Google horseman statue on Route 9. 11 places called Sleepy Hollow exist in the United States. 
The one in Wisconsin once boasted a mural of Crane's famous ride through the forest. I'm unsure if it's still there. And to conclude our list of fun facts, I leave you with another example of a headless being in mythology. And that is the headless mule of Brazilian folklore. If I get this wrong and you are from Brazil or you know about this or or, you know, I'm not an expert. If I get this wrong, please forgive me and definitely let us know in the comments. Um, I thankfully accept your corrections because I am no expert. With that disclaimer, I will tell you that the headless mule of Brazilian folklore is said to be the ghost of a woman cursed for her sins. The sins are commonly said to have been either being a concubine or fornicating with a priest. Now, I'm not going to do what I'm tempted to do and go down a really long segue about how women's options were very, very limited or the rights of sex workers altogether. Anyway, this mule is said to be horseless. And it is said to be the ghost of a woman cursed for her sins, yada, yada. But it spews fire from its head. This is what I'm trying to get to. Let me try this again. It spews fire from its head. The legend is said to have been brought to Brazil during the colonial era. Now, there is a spin on this. If it's the priest, remember I said one of the sins was commonly said to be fornicating with the priest. So if it's the priest who's cursed, maybe there is some feminist justice. Um, If it's the priest, he might be turned into a headless being, but he gets to stay a person. He doesn't become a donkey with fire coming out of their head. He's just a headless dude who rides a horse, much like the legend of Sleepy Hollow. And so that's it for this deep dive into the legend of Sleepy Hollow, said to be America's first ghost story. I will add the disclaimer that we know this is probably not the first ghost story ever told or even popularized in the geographic area of the United States, but it was the first one that was recognized by the quote-unquote established literary community. I hope you enjoyed this exploration into the details surrounding the legend of Sleepy Hollow, and I am truly grateful for anyone who listened all the way to this point. Thank you so much for the likes, the subscribes, the comments. I really, really appreciate it, and I am so looking forward to joining you again in season two. This concludes our journey for today, travelers. See you next time. Do you like uh, scary stuff? Yeah. Mm-mm-mm.